Welcome to the On The Air Podcast, a companion to On The Air Magazine, a new bi-monthly magazine from ARRL for beginner to intermediate ham radio licensees. I'm your host, Steve Ford, WB8IMY. Every month, the On The Air Podcast extends material found in On The Air Magazine to help you learn about the many things the amateur radio service and hobby has to offer. The On The Air Podcast is sponsored by ICOM, for the love of ham radio. Welcome to the January 2021 episode, a new episode for a new year. In the January-February issue of On The Air magazine, you'll find an interesting article by Kurt Lauman, K7ZOO, titled K7UAZ Learns by Building. K7UAZ is the Collegiate Amateur Radio Club at the University of Arizona, and Kurt has achieved good results in promoting student participation by leading a build project with the club. It taught the students building skills, troubleshooting skills, and much more. Kurt may have come up with a formula for success that you can suggest for your club. Let's find out. Good afternoon, Kurt. Hi, Steve. Thanks for calling. Your article in the January-February issue of On the Air is certainly interesting, uh, considering what you've managed to do there at the University of Arizona. Can you kind of recap what you did? Sure, sure. It's It's been a lot of fun. I've, I've been volunteering with the university now for a couple of years, and over all the activities that we've done, this this really percolates to the top of being one of my favorites. Um both it's 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 instructional, it's engaging, uh, and the students come away with uh, a useful antenna. Uh, I've had one of them commented to me as recently as a couple months ago. He goes, "I I still use that antenna, you know, and it's it it just rocks. It gets me into the net every week." So, we had um, we've got a variety of skill levels in our our club, you know, guys who actually know how to solder and construct things, and one of the guys actually had never soldered before one of the people who assembled an antenna. So we got four, four students together uh, one evening and, and built each of them built a two meter quarter wave vertical ground plane antenna. And they came away with a, a working antenna. A lot of fun. We, we really, it, I've got to say we had a great time that evening. One of the best meetings we had uh, that year. What made you choose a two meter vertical? Yeah. You know, we have, um, we actually started, a two-meter net that that was uh, that occurs every Monday night at eight o'clock, and the students run the net. And some of the students were having difficulty uh, accessing the two-meter repeater, so I noticed a lot of them were using Echolink to check into the net. And we wanted to encourage them to use RF to get into the net. And the the two-meter vertical was was actually a key enabler for that. They none of them had a decent antenna. <laughs> Antenna at home, they're all using uh, HTs with rubber ducks, you know, and, and so we uh, that that was the primary motivation uh, to to do the project, and and the other stuff just came along. There was just the other benefits just came along as well. Were all the students club members? Yeah, yeah, we have uh, we had four uh, students who were club members who participated. We had uh, you know a few students couldn't make it that night, but four was about about the right number of students to have engaged with it. We had uh, we had community members there to support, uh, community members who were, th- were, were there just because they were interested in what we were doing, of course, 
but that was that was enough to manage having two antenna builds going on separately with two teams of two. And you did this on a single night? Is that correct? We did. We did. We did. It was the the night was divided into three modules. You know, we had a a brief presentation to talk about kind of the theory of the antenna, how they work. You know, why why are we using um, a vertical antenna rather than a, a dipole? We talked a little bit about uh, polarization. And, and then a brief overview, overview of what we were going to do. That was kind of the first module, how the build was going to uh, going to proceed. Then the, the the next module I would call it was just constructing the antenna, you know, physically assembling it, and that's pretty straightforward. That's that's simple hand tools and just soldering one joint. That that's it. And then the third module would be tuning the antenna, right, where the the students got a chance to trim the different elements and use an antenna analyzer. So they left with a working antenna. They certainly did, yeah. And and not only working, but convenient too. You know, making it out of 12 gauge wire, you can bend it up to any shape you want. And then when you want to redeploy it, you can bend it back. You know, so they were all able to fit it into their cars. It's small enough that you can use it indoors and lightweight enough that you can hang it from any hook inside of the house. So you know, as a first antenna, it was a, a nice way to um, kind of jump into the, the realm of having a decent antenna where you didn't have to put up a, a large mast outside and run coax through the wall. Most of the students just hung them up either in their dorm or their apartments. Now, I'm just curious, were many of these students also tech majors? Were they majoring in you know, electronics or engineering? So about half of them are. We have we have one student who's involved in uh, in geology, doing a, a PhD in in uh, different. Um, he, he does ge- geology modeling. Uh, probably the most interesting student that we had was um, from the theater department, and he was in charge of the sound system design there in the in the theater set design. And so he actually brought a much different perspective and. Because of his production ability and his voice, we actually asked him to record our Echolink introduction that we have now. So, and he did a super job doing that. But about, I would say half of them are are really hardcore technical majors, and the other half are associated technical majors. What sort of projects do you think will carry this forward? In other words, do you have something else in mind after this? I do. Yeah, we have um, other antennas that we'd like to build. We also do some summits on the air activity using antennas, and we also uh, do some fox hunting as well. So a lot of our activities uh, do revolve around antennas because they're instructive. You can see them. They're more intuitive. You can build them, uh, and then you can also use them as well. We had um, the the students all got three-element two-meter Yaggies, and we did a summits on the air uh, activity in southwest Tucson on a, a, a short 4,000 uh, foot little peak that we have. And the students were amazed. We were able to talk to people in Phoenix using those uh, 90 miles away. They were literally blown away by the performance of those, just using a decent handheld and a, a three-element Yagi. So we've we've had a number, number of follow-on activities that revolve around antennas. What do you think has been the impact on the club as a whole? Do you think it's boosted participation or interest in the club? Absolutely. And and probably the main reason is the weekly participation in the net. You know, just having having a weekly touch, a, a touchstone, you know, get it just um, staying engaged with the with the club on a weekly basis 
is a real nice way to keep students engaged. And we have great discussions in our net. That would be the other thing that I would uh, suggest is, is just a fantastic aspect of our club is we have, I would say seven to eight people check into that net every week. It's really well attended. And the, the net control is a student, right? And they choose a topic of their, of their choice, right? And then they publish that topic prior to the net, anywhere from a half day to a couple of hours before the, the net. And the, the thought is, and, and Steve, this, is, this has really been a, a great addition to our club. I, I, I would put a big asterisk next to this. Is, is the discussion revolves around one topic that we've talked about meteor scatter, we've talked about different equipment, um, we've talked about summits on the air, we've had short uh, on the air presentations, but, but generally oh, we slow scan TV, we did that one night on two meters. But what it, what it forces you to do or encourages you to do is, is a brief amount of reading about that topic. And the thought is that everybody checks into the net with a little nugget of information about that topic and everybody contributes a little bit. So it ends up being a short little fun lesson, if you will, for 15 to 20 minutes, however long the, the net lasts. And everybody comes away learning a little bit more about, about a topic. It's just, an, it's been a lot of fun. Well, you know, you bring up a good point. Imagine, if you will, the average listener to the On The Air podcast mm-hmm. is, a, is a relatively new ham. Mm-hmm. If, you, if you were speaking to that listener, how would you tell them to approach, say, going to their local club and trying to get them interested in doing a project night like this? I think I, I would suggest that the simplicity of it is so approachable that, that to not be intimidated by doing that. And we, our, our club, the Kilo 7 Uniform Alpha Zulu, K7 UAZ Club, uh, maintains a, a nice web page and we have instructions on how to build that antenna. So the bill of material, the, the parts that you need, um, the process to to build it, it's it's all up there. And and you could look at that and see for yourself if you think it's appropriate for a club. It, it's been an incredible uh, addition to our club. And, and all the parts you can get at either a, a Home Depot or an Ace Hardware. And the SO239 connector is, is available online. So it's a very, very easy antenna to build. So it's, it's, a, it's a super first project for any club. It almost sounds like someone has to champion the idea to the local club and perhaps right. perhaps volunteer to, to lead it. Right, right. It, and, and having a, a community member do that, somebody who has experience in just building simple antennas and tuning them and using an antenna amplifier or antenna analyzer, and then somebody who's comfortable leading a group. So, you know, it would it may be a difficult activity for a student to lead, but having a community member come in, it certainly would would facilitate it. And that that's honestly, Steve, that's the beauty about our hobby. I was just speaking with another hand this morning, and both of us were uh, were remarking how helpful this hobby is. Probably the most helpful of any hobby. Uh, we've ever had, you know, just the, the sense of mentorship and helpfulness and, and uh, lending a hand is, is just phenomenal in our hobby. Oh, absolutely, Kurt. Uh, that's been my experience for many years. Mm-hmm. And when it comes to antennas, that is the one thing, in my opinion, that virtually anyone can build. If right. you if you can right. solder, if you can be shown how to solder, you know, you, right. you could build an antenna. And, and 
to, to pull on that a little bit further, Steve, you know, you say that anybody can build it. Literally anybody could build this antenna. I mean, it is, it's probably the simplest antenna I could think of ever to build. And also one of the most useful ones. So the, the bang for your buck is just huge with this quarter wave vertical. If somebody actually wanted to see it, can they get to your website? Sure, absolutely. Um, we can re I'll, I'll plan on rearranging the website a little bit so it's a little bit more obvious, but it would be uh, www.k7uaz.com, and we'll have a, a clear link in the, in the main menu to this antenna. Perfect. You know, I should have asked this back at the beginning, but what is your involvement there? Well, I've been involved with the club since I moved to Tucson about 20 years ago. Uh, but having having since uh, you know retired a few years ago, I've got more time to spend. So I've assumed the role of the station trustee, the station manager, and I also mentor the students and lead activities uh, down there. Uh, I, I truly enjoy teaching and managing processes and, and doing improvement projects. So it's a perfect match for me, and I, and I love working down there. I'm, um, I'm associated with the university as a designated campus colleague, so I have an official designation there, um, which helps me gain access into the buildings and do uh, after-hours maintenance on the station as well. I'm hoping that we're just a few more months away from getting back to life being reasonably close to normal. Mm -hmm. uh, until then, <laughs> is this kind of project something that could be done in a Zoom-type call, or, or does it really need to be in person? I think this one really needs to be in person. There's some tactile skills of, of soldering that would be pretty difficult. And, and I wouldn't say dangerous, but there's definitely a safety aspect to soldering that I, that I would recommend teaching in person as opposed to uh, remotely. Right? You just you can't necessarily see everything. So I, I don't know if this is a project that would be easily done remotely. Yes, I can appreciate that. I yeah. In my life... I have had a number of incidences with soldering irons, including grabbing the wrong end of one once. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, and I, fortunately, I don't have the scars from that anymore, but uh, no, I, I can certainly appreciate that. It, it's not entirely uh, benign. At least you're not working with high voltage amplifiers, you know, you're dealing with potentially lethal voltages. Yeah, the only, of course, the only risk is either getting burnt or having some solder flick up into your, your eyes. So eye protection is, is, is required when we do this. And then just being cognizant of the heat um, is, is obvious too. And one, one of the other things that I, I wanted to emphasize is even though it's maybe not required, we built a small tooling block to hold the SO239 connector and the wire at the same time. Oh, that'd be and, great. And, 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 you know, it's not necessarily required to do this, but what it did was, was demonstrate to the students how a job can be infinitely easier if you have the right tools. And this was just a simple uh, wooden tooling block. We have a, we'll put a picture of that on our website as well. Uh, and so you can see how we held the wire exactly in the right position. So the soldering was, was extremely easy. Everything was held for you. I should have asked when you talked about assembling the antenna, how long was the session? How many hours? You know, we, we start our meetings around 630. And I think this one ended up being a little bit longer than we thought. Uh, we ended up at, at 10 p.m. So, you know, two, two to three hours uh, was required to, to do the, the whole antenna build. Our, our, our meetings take a little bit, we, we had a little bit more going on that night than just the antenna build. But 
you could think about splitting it into two sessions if you want, but I, I felt it was best done in one session where you, you, you got everything done and then you have the, the pride and the sense of accomplishment of walking out that night with a, with an antenna that works. And you know it works because you've, you've used an antenna analyzer to tune it. Well, you're going to have to come up with a lot more in the way of antenna projects. Yeah, this one was a lot of fun. <laughs> it would be hard to cap this one, but this this was a lot of fun. Are most of the students who are licensed, are they technicians? Most of them uh, do actually go on to get their extra class license. We have one general class, but most of the guys have gone on to get their extra class license, yeah. So they'd be interested in HF antennas then? Absolutely, absolutely. And, and we have... Um, we have some portable operation equipment that we use. Uh, we have a 28-foot a mast, and some of the students know how to put that up. Uh, we've used that at field day. And then we have a 135-foot uh, off-center fed dipole, and one of them has used that for parks on the air, and we use that for our field day uh, operation as well. Oh, that's great. I yeah. know that collegiate amateur radio stations are making a comeback. As you know, there was a time when there were quite a few of them. Right, but- right. And I'm hopeful that programs like yours will encourage more development. You know, and I, I think drawing students in with contesting is is really turned out to be kind of our niche. Um, the the students seem to, to like the sense of competition. Uh, we've we've competed a number of times in the the AWRL uh, club roundups uh, and done pretty well. I think we placed second place uh, last fall, and the students are very proud of that. Uh, and and so the sense of competition is seeming to to not only draw or not only retain them but also draw some students in. I've heard that from many others that yeah, yeah. The, the competitive aspect between <laughs> contests yeah. and uh, and also to a certain extent uh, transmitter hunting. I mean competitive transmitter hunting where there's a prize on the other end, <laughs> that sort of thing. You know that would be that would be a great topic for another article for on the air and another uh, podcast because we've we've had a lot of experience uh, in in the fox sense I won't go into today but uh, uh, we we've essentially learned how to do it by doing it wrong in reverse. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're doing great work, Kurt, and uh, it's been a lot of fun. Very it's, it's very much yeah. appreciated. I'm sure. Yep, you bet. I hope you've enjoyed this episode, which took a deeper dive into material from the January-February 2021 issue of On the Air magazine. We'll be back in February with a discussion about antenna tuners, what they're all about, along with a few shopping tips. In the meantime, feel free to send comments about On the Air to ota at arrl.org, read our blog at arrl.org, forward slash OTA hyphen blog or learn more about ARRL membership at ARRL.org. Until next time, I'm Steve Ford, WB8IMY 73.